Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 117 of Brewers on Tap from the desert in Phoenix. Like we were just here like six weeks ago for spring training. Brewers back through Arizona in the midst of this 10-game road trip. It's been a positive one so far. First stop was in Colorado against the Rockies. We'll catch you up on that one. Uh, as the Brewers played four games against the Rockies, taking 3 of 4. You're going to hear some of the highlights of that coming up. And, of course, three games here in the desert against the Diamondbacks, then an off day Thursday, and then a three-game series in the Twin Cities against the Minnesota Twins before coming home for the first real lengthy homestand of the season for the crew. And I know everybody's excited about getting back to Miller Park, smelling those tailgates, and keeping this winning going for the crew. The crew currently, as we chat... Sitting at 25 and 18, getting ready for this getaway day game against the Diamondbacks. Brewers took three of four, as I just told you, against the Rockies to start up this road trip and have split the first two games of this series against the Diamondbacks. Here's how the road trip has sound so far. The first pitch of the game, line drive, deep left center field. Blackman is back. It's at the track and it's gone. One pitch, one nothing Brewers. Rockies plating a run in the bottom of the fifth inning, and now bases loaded here. Ground ball to Shaw. He's going to go home for one. Back to first in time. A 5-2-3 double play, and the Brewers are out of it here in the sixth. He hit it hard, and Perez hits this one hard. That's going to drop in there for a base hit. Shaw's going to score. Aguilar being waved around third. He's headed for home, and he is going to score. It's a two-run single for Hernan Perez. And the Brewers' lead is now 4-1. to one. Now the 1-1. Hit in the air, right field. Backing up Gonzalez at the track. We are tied! Manny Pena off the top of the fence and out. 10-10. McGee looks at second. The pitch. Shaw lines it back up the middle and into center field. Kane around third. He's going to score. Saladino's going to stop at third. And Travis Shaw gives the Brewers an 11-10 lead here in the 10. Here's the 2-2 from Hayter coming home. Swing and a miss. Hayter got him with the slider. And the Brewers at one point down 9-3. Force extra innings. And their biggest comeback win of the season. The final score, 11-10 in 10. Now he's one and two with two outs on Trevor Story. Pena sets up on the inside corner. The pitch struck him out swinging. Freddy Peralta strikes out the side in the bottom of the second inning. Five of the first six have punched out against Peralta. Here comes the 2-2 to Story. Swing and a miss. And he strikes out the side. 93 past Story that time. And the second time today, he's gone through Arenado Gonzalez in Story. One, two, three, striking them all out along the way. Has the sign from Pena. And here comes the 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. And there it is. Freddie Peralta has moved into a tie with Steve Woodard with 12 strikeouts in his Brewers debut. The pitch. Called third strike. 
91 dotting the outside corner. Blackman turns and walks back to the dugout, and that is strikeout number 13 for Freddie Peralta. Nobody has struck out more in their Brewers debut. And a historic start from the 21-year-old here this afternoon as Nolan Arenado steps in and Craig Council pops up out of the dugout. And that is going to be it for Freddie Peralta, but what a day it has been. As good a start as any for Freddie Peralta on this special Mother's Day. The pitch to LeMahieu. Ground ball hit towards the middle. Saladino backhands. Throws to first in time. It's another win on Mother's Day for the Brewers. 7-3 the final. And for Freddy Peralta, win number one in his career. 3-2 pitch. Line deep left center field. This one's got legs. Back Pollock at the track. It's gone. Jonathan Villar have a night. He's three for four. And it's 5-2 Brewers. 1-1 one, one coming back. Saladino line drive left center field. Pollock on the move. Dives. He can't get it. Yelich is going to score. Saladino on his way to third. And he will be waved around third. Here comes the throw. It's cut off. He's safe at home. And inside the park home run for Tyler Saladino. Coming back Williams. Ground ball right side. Play made by Shaw. Flip to first in time. And this ball game is over. 7-2. The Brewers take game one of this three-game series with the Diamondbacks. So the Brewers now 7-2 against opponents from the NL West this season. 3-0 against the Padres to open up the year. 3-1 against Colorado. And 1-1 so far against the Diamondbacks. All of these games have come on the road as well. So pretty impressive stretch for the Brewers. The Brewers, of course, have dealt with their fair share of injuries this year, which makes the 25-18 and 18 start that much more impressive. Stephen Vogt, it was announced earlier this week, looked like he's going to have season-ending shoulder surgery. So that's a tough break for the crew, hoping to get him back at some point. Not going to happen, it doesn't look like. Eric Thames is getting closer to getting back to some baseball activities. Uh, we had a chance to see him on Tuesday and more on that in just a few moments. But Eric Thames with that thumb surgery, he's about three weeks removed from the injury. Looks like he's about three to four weeks away from maybe getting himself closer to getting back in a Brewers uniform, getting that left-handed power back, bat back for the crew, which would certainly be a good thing. Chase Anderson has gone on the DL, which means right now the Brewers currently have Chase Anderson, Zach Davies, and Jimmy Nelson all on the DL. Jimmy, of course, on the 60-day DL. Chase and Zach both on the 10-day DL, hopefully getting closer to getting those two guys back uh, into the rotation for the Brewers. But uh, they've dealt with their injuries. Wade Miley, don't forget about him as well. He's on the DL also uh, and uh, just has been a tough stretch for the crew from a starting pitching standpoint. But with all that being said, they've kept their head above water. You heard the highlights of Freddie Peralta. What a historical start for him on Sunday against the Colorado Rockies. The 13 strikeouts, a Brewers rookie record, and we could just roll down the list of all the different historical marks that that start set, uh, not just for the Brewers, but in, the, in Major League Baseball, too. It's one of the great starts for a rookie making their debut of all time. And Freddie Peralta going to get another start Saturday against the Minnesota Twins uh, at Target Field in Minneapolis. So let's sit down with this 21-year-old 
and talked to him about everything that was going through his mind as he made this start. Let's break it down. Freddie, you make your debut yesterday. Um, I'm not sure that you could have scripted it to go any better than it did. You had to be elated with how it turned out and probably a little bit um, okay with it being over, too, at the same time. Were you able to take a deep breath when it was all said and done? Yeah, and that was awesome, man. Uh, and I just, you know, I before before the game started, and the guys talked to me. Uh, they told me, yeah, uh, just do how, uh, do everything like like you do always, and just fight, and compete, and you know this is another level, another level, but this is baseball, so. Keep working hard, like how you do it. Uh, don't worry about who's hitting, uh, about the weather, about everything, and just pitch, you know? How big of an influence was Manny Pena for you throughout the game? How, how well did he keep you kind of calm and, and talk you through things and, and keep you on the, the same page? Like, like how I say, uh, Manny Pena, uh, before the game, he he was talking to me, uh, he, he say, Okay, but it just just pitch and everything. And during the game, and on the mound, I was thinking about everything before the game started, you know. And I just say, okay, Manny Pina um, has the, the experience, you know, behind the home play and everything. And, and I just have to do, like, pitch with him. Uh, we have to be in the same page and everything. Uh, let's work together. And that's... That's what happened yesterday. Yeah, so really, really comf comfortable with him working. Uh, uh, he he know how how I like to pitch and everything because he figured out about everything. Yeah, so that was really good. I remember last year in June I visited you in Carolina when you were with the Mudcats in Class A Advanced, and at that point you were throwing more fastball slider and changeup. You threw fastball curveball and one changeup yesterday, but. Our conversation last year, I asked you, you know, what's your pitch? What's the one that you like to really rely on? And and you smiled and said, absolutely, fastball. What is it that makes your fastball so dynamic? So, my fastball is my favorite pitch. So, because I think that if I am in problem and everything, I just use it because I like to use it. And I have all the all my confidence in my fastball. You know, I don't know why but I like use my fastball a lot you know so that's my favorite pitch because I have I put all the confidence and everything I just throw and always the good thing happens because you know the confidence is you have to to do it all the time you know think about everything uh, about okay this is my staff and everything what is your best pitch so I always think about my fastball yeah so. You started 3-0 to LeMahieu on the first batter that you faced, and you ended up striking him out. What was going through your mind through that first at bat, and was your heart racing at that point? First pitch, I was a little bit nervous, you know? So after that one, just normal, okay? I, the next one was pretty close from the strike zone, but, you know, he caught ball. And the third pitch, ball, and I say, oh, my God, what's going on here? <laughs> Let's do it now. And after that... You see what happened? Yeah, I struck out the guy and everything. It was okay. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> That's phenomenal. 
Final question, your family, they, unbelievable story that they happened to be here to watch you pitch professionally for the first time in your career, and they were planning on doing it in AAA with Colorado Springs, and then you get the call while they're here. Um, that's goosebumps. I mean, that's just, that's hard to explain how cool that is that that all came together. What was it like seeing them after the game and embracing them for the first time after you'd made your debut? Oh, they, I, I was waiting for them in in the field, you know, after the game, because uh, somebody told me that, oh, they are coming here for take a picture and everything. When my when I see my mom, she, she started crying and everything, and my dad too, and that was really, that was awesome, man. Really good, really good, uh, very good experience. Uh, something that you, you never can forget. I don't think many Brewers fans will forget it either anytime soon. <laughs> Freddie, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody that has listened to this podcast over the last couple of years or read my blog, which is minordetails.mlbblogspot.com, anybody that has followed along with my coverage of the Brewers minor leagues knows that I, I've loved Freddie Peralta from the start. Um, not just because of his stuff and his ability, um, I'm really not patting myself on the back so much, as I've just loved his makeup. I've loved his personality. Uh, Freddie is a guy that smiles all the time when he's at the yard. He loves the game of baseball, and uh, that hasn't changed. He's in the big leagues now, and it's been really cool to see for Freddie Peralta. Here's what else we have coming up for you uh, on the podcast today. We told you uh, there's a lot coming up. Another newcomer for the crew, Tyler Saladino. He's going to join us inside the park home run on Monday night against the Diamondbacks. So we're going to talk to him as well. And uh, Yoli Shasin, who's been pitching tremendously, seven innings, uh, just a couple of hits, and just one run against him on Tuesday night against the Diamondbacks. Unfortunately, the Diamondbacks pulled off a late win in that one. But we're going to talk to him as well coming up on the show. But right now, let's check in on the farm. <laughs> Checking in on the farm. All right, here's what's going on down on the farm. 24-13 and 13 for the Colorado Springs Sky Sox. That's good enough for second place right now in the American Northern Division of the PCL. They have, of course, dealt with the injury of Mauricio Dubon. That's been a tough break for the Sky Sox. They saw the 20-game hitting streak for Nate Orff get snapped, but Orff has picked right back up where he left off and has been downright dominant at times at the plate uh, for the Sky Sox. It's been really impressive to watch. I think what Nate Orff has done is put himself on the radar, whether or not he gets that opportunity with the crew uh, in the next couple of weeks or at some point this year remains to be seen. But he's hitting 362 with a home run, and he's driven in 22. Jacob Nottingham, who's already had a cup of coffee with the crew this year, probably will get another opportunity at some point, if not by September. And Jacob Nottingham, the catching prospect for the crew, he is swinging a hot stick, 354, five home runs, and 17 driven in for the Sky Sox. On the mound, we told you about Freddie Peralta. He's with the big league club now, but Corbin Burns 1-1 one one with a 4-9-1 ERA. He's pitched specifically very well away from Colorado Springs. Bubba Derby's also been good, 2-1 with a 3.48 ERA. Double-A Biloxi is 25-14. They have pitched it extremely well this year, and Corey Ray's starting to get going a little bit. 4-5 for five on Tuesday night. 
He hit uh, a couple of home runs in that one, and uh, he is uh, really going now. 269 average for Corey Ray. He has five home runs on the season and is starting to really get things going at the plate for the Shuckers. And as we told you, they're pitching it very well right now. Uh, Thomas Jenkins has been outstanding on the mound uh, in a starting role. Nate Greep now has 15 saves. That leads all of minor league baseball. Uh, so the Shuckers having themselves a really good season in the South Division of the Southern League. Class A advanced Carolina. The Mudcats sitting at 18 and 20. Keston Hura has been heating up at the plate. He uh, goes one for three on Tuesday night. His average sitting at 275. And he's been playing in the field about every other day right now. So that's been really good to see as well for Keston Hira. Starting to get some more action at second base for Keston Hira. Class A Wisconsin is 18-20 and 20 in the Western Division of the Midwest League. They split a doubleheader with Beloit on Tuesday, uh, winning the first game 4-2 and losing the second game 7-6 uh, to six, uh, in that matchup. But it's been about Joangel Segovia for the Timber Rattlers, a 29-game on base streak. He's hitting 417, 17 runs, 9 doubles, a triple, a home run, 15 RBIs, 10 walks, 10 steals, a 472 on base percentage in that span. He has nine multi-hit performances in his last 13 games. He's batting 455 with a home run, seven driven in during that span. The 21-year-old ranks second in the Midwest League with a 395 batting average. He's been flat out amazing for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Braun sends it to left center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go on again for Ryan Braun. He just hit another three-run shot out of here. Time to catch up with the crew. Tyler Saladino had quite an impact already uh, this year in pinch hit roles and and uh, in the field as well. What is uh, what has it been like joining this team and, and having a chance to make such an impact so early? Um, it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, definitely a little different. Some things to get used to. You know how to almost like go about the whole day being in the National League, you know, it's um, getting used to just the changes that get made, you know, how, you're, how you go about watching the game and stuff like that. So it makes the games way more exciting, not way more exciting, I shouldn't say, but exciting, way more exciting in its own respect. Um, the guys are always, you know, this, this group's got a lot of energy, so we're always just active and hooting and hollering all game long rooting for the boys, and it's been great. It's a great group of guys, great team. You mentioned it. You've been in the American League your whole career until now, and now you're in the National League and going to have to be on the edge of your seat because there's more changes, more double switches, and opportunities for a guy like you as a, a guy that can play around the infield a little bit to, to enter the game. And, and so uh, that has to be fun for you. You probably welcome that, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's um, – I just, you know – you want to you want to help the team in any way, so I think being being here gives creates a little bit more opportunity for that, um, and it's yeah just stay stay into every everything that's going on because for me I'm just trying to kind of learn like when when uh, situations arise like what may happen to it. It's still a little bit of a process learning that stuff, but um, it's just fun because I like it because I'm into the game in a different way and like to be ready if called upon, of course, obviously, you know. So, yeah, um, I'm loving it, though. It's great. Okay, everybody, I think, is waiting for me to ask you about the inside the park home run last night, uh, the first one since Orlando Arcea's last year, and the first 
pinch hit inside the park home run in Brewers history. Take me through what was going on in your mind as you were rounding the bases last night. Uh, I don't th- honestly, I don't think we have enough time to go over all the things that were going on in my head. But um, it was just, it was uh, once I saw it get by him, it was like you know, turn it on full speed. Let's see, you know, everything you have to third base. I guess each each base path had its own kind of deal. You know, at first it was like the ball gets second, you know, trying to get a double, and then it gets by him. It's like all right. Make sure you go as hard as you can to third to see what Eddie's going to do. And then you see him waving you around. It's like, all right, here we go. And that last stretch, there was all kinds of things going through. I don't know. I don't know. Legs are getting jelly. All kinds. Just please make it is all I'm really saying in my head. Please make it and please be safe because if I'm out right here, (laughs) it's not going to feel good. I would say, no, please cut it. (laughs) (laughs) Ed Cedar making an appearance on the pregame show. Uh, So when was the first moment that it occurred to you 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 had a chance to to, to make it all the way? Was it when you rounded second? Were you thinking, okay, I might be able to make this all the way? Uh, It was as soon as the ball got by him. I'm I'm thinking, you know, like your, your reaction is to, run as hard as you can after that you know so then you start running and realize like that's a pretty big outfield out there there's probably a pretty good chance up against sent right here so just keep going as hard as you can that's when i figured and you look up and see eddie like all right here we go as big as that hit was last night the hit you had in colorado to extend the inning was one of the bigger hits of this road trip also um that had to feel good as well to to, to help the team win and what was just an incredible comeback win on that friday night yeah, um, especially the first one with these guys. Yeah, it's just, um, I mean, great, a great feeling, especially to be able to do something late in the game and keep it going and what led to, you know, Travis getting it done. And, and you know, it's following up after what Manny did. So that kind of team win and to be a part of it, especially like right off the bat, I mean, yeah, super fortunate right now. I just feel, feel really lucky to be here playing with these guys. Tyler, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Congratulations on uh, a historical moment last night inside the park home run. Thank you very much. Special thanks to Ed Cedar for a, an appearance uh, in our conversation with Tyler Saladino. Saladino's been a good fit with the crew. He is a guy that has some versatility and certainly has had really good at bats, I think which has been maybe a little bit surprising for some, the impact that he's had early on in his career here with the Brewers. The other guy that uh, we had a chance to catch up with on the road this week is Brewers starting pitcher Yoli Shasin. He's been phenomenal here over his last three starts for the crew, and there was no exception to that on Tuesday night against the Diamondbacks as he threw seven innings, two hits, and just one run allowed for Yoli Shasin. It was really a thing of beauty. Changeup starting to become a big part of his arsenal to go along with that really good slider, and I had a chance to catch up with him after his start against the Rockies at Coors Field. It seems like your your last few times uh, you've started to really get into a groove. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm getting more confident now. I, I feel that I'm throwing the ball better. Uh, my ball has more life also, and um, I think my slider has been you know working really well. So just you know want to continue and do that, trying to get better every, every start, and um, you know give the, the team the most chance to win the ball game. Slider's been the big pitch for you. Um, you know, going back years, but uh, of course, again this year, 
you have a lot of experience in this ballpark. How different is, is it to try to spin that slider here in altitude versus other ballparks? As an example, like Petco last year in San Diego. Yeah, um, here you have to make sure you, you, know, you finish your pitches uh, to, for them to break the way you want to. Uh, like last night, I, uh, I didn't finish well to the story you know, the slider, and you just hang it right in the middle. And, uh, you know, those things happen here, you know, the whole time. You know, if you don't make your pitch better or, you know, finish your pitch better, uh, the ball just is going to hang middle and, uh, you know, they're going to gonna hit, get hit hard. So uh, you just try to um, keep it down and uh, try to make a break. How easy has it been for you to work with Manny Pena and Jet Bandy too? Um, behind the plate, uh, have, has it been an easy transition for you to work with those guys? Definitely, um, we've been working, you know, since spring training, and uh, we are always trying to be on the same page. Uh, I talked, you know, to them a lot, and uh, we just had a plan. We was trying to execute it the best, you know, the best way that we can. Overall, with this team right now, sitting at twenty-two and sixteen. Uh, still in really good position, half game back, obviously, in the NL Central. Uh, do you feel it right now with this group that uh, this is a group that's all on the same page, seems to ha- have good momentum, and, and certainly a, a clubhouse that gets along really well? The clubhouse being been great. Um, I know we haven't you know, put together, uh, you know, as, a p- as a starting pitcher, as an offensive side, we haven't been the, you know, the best. But I think, you know, we, you can see that, uh, you know, we only have a game back at the first place. And I feel that when the offense especially came and, you know, do what, they, what we all know they're going to do, I think uh, this is going to be fun. And uh, as a starting pitcher, I always say, you know, if we go at least six, seven in every, you know, every game with the bullpen that we have, uh, I think that's, you know, it's a ball game there. And uh, like I said, uh, I think the, the, the big pressure for us with starting pitcher with the bullpen and the offense that we have used to, you know, giving them the chance to score some runs for you, and uh, they're going to do it. And, uh, my, you know, I know right now maybe it's not, you know, the, the, the case right now, but I know, you know, we all have the confidence in, in the offense that we have, and uh, they, they will become, you know, come and score a lot of runs. Uh, you, you, can, you can see, you know, all the guys that we have here. You, you mentioned the bullpen, and, and I don't want to use the term take pressure off because I think you guys all put a lot of pressure on yourselves and high expectations. But knowing that you have a bullpen like that, does it make it a little bit easier to know that, hey, if I get through the lineup a couple of times, that's, that might be good enough tonight because of how good this bullpen is? Well, yeah. After the same pitcher, you always want to go deep in games. Uh, you always want to save the most in as you can from the bullpen. Especially, you know, when the long row, you know, in September, and October, I mean, August and September, and hopefully, you know, October and November. So, uh, but, you know, you can see if we have like four, five different closers in here on the bullpen. Uh, they always came in ready. They haven't, you know, they have kind of been pitching a lot and, uh, you know, always want to, uh, you know, go deep in games, trying to, you know, giving them the most, uh, no, the less, you know, inning for, for the bullpen. Uh, but you know, so far they've been great, and uh, I think this is just, just uh, the best bullpen that we, you know, that I've had, that I ever see. Yo, Lee, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Here's what's on tap. Here is what is on deck for the crew. Of course, Memorial Day weekend coming up, Brewers and the Mets. And then the Cardinals also coming into town over the course of this homestand. Uh, Seven games of action uh, throughout 
this Memorial Day weekend, so to speak, going Thursday through Wednesday. Brewers and Mets Thursday, the 24th at 710, Friday the 25th at 710. That's a snapback hat giveaway. First 20,000 fans at Miller Park will take home a snapback hat featuring the Brewers' ball and glove logo. Saturday the 26th. That game's at 310. That's the Zubaz Palooza with fans uh, getting a special theme night ticket package, getting to take home a Zubaz print Brewers lightweight hoodie. Hey, can't beat that. And then Sunday the 27th, it's finally here. The mayor of Ding Dong City bobblehead, courtesy of U.S. Cellular, all fans in attendance will take home the Travis Shaw bobblehead. Then, of course, as we told you, the Cardinals coming to town on the 28th. That is a one 10 start. That's Memorial Day. Uh, all fans in attendance get to enjoy dollar hot dogs throughout the game. Should be fun. We hope to see you out at the ballpark. And that is going to do it for us on this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. I'm Lane Grindle. We'll talk to you next week back home at Miller Park.